Y'all open up with me in the book of Matthew chapter 5 tonight. We're going to continue on the topic of praying and fasting. It's a, uh, a lot of topics in the Bible you, it's impossible to cover in one or two teachings. And sometimes one or two teachings uh, don't get it inside the people like it needs to be got inside of them. Sometimes it has to be like a hammer and a nail. You just keep striking it and keep striking it and keep striking it and keep striking it until it goes all the way through. Amen? Mm -hmm. And the Bible does say in the book of Jeremiah, the Word of God is like a hammer. It's like a hammer. And it'll break the rocks and stones into pieces. It'll break up a stony heart. Thank God for the Word of God. You say Matthew 5? Matthew chapter 5. Verse 6 tonight. <laughs> the Bible says, Jesus is speaking here up on the mountain. And he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Don't say they might be filled. The word of God said, and they shall be filled. A lot of times, the amount of God that we have in our lives is due to our hunger and our thirst. Amen? Amen. We've got to have a spiritual hunger. We've got to have a spiritual thirst to have more of God. And God said, if, you, if I see that spiritual hunger and that thirst in you, he said, I will definitely fill you. Amen? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Brother Vince and I were talking right before church, and he said, uh, you can, we were talking about people. And he said, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. And I said, you ever seen that before? He said, no, not really. I said, well, I, I have. I used to ride horses. And it wasn't ever a problem to, for them to uh, drink if you rode them for a while. The more you ride them, the hotter they get, and the more thirsty they get. And when you take them to the water brook, the creek, or the pond, or whatever, man, you ain't got to take their head and push it in there. No. no, they'll reach down there, boy, and they'll get them plenty of water. But if they ain't thirsty, you ain't strong enough to take their head and push it in that water and make them drink. So you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And that's the same way with people. If, if they want to be revived, if they want to be stirred, if they want to be close with, to God, there's some things that they have to do for themselves that you can't do for them. They have to hunger. They have to thirst. And if they are hungry and thirsty, hallelujah, God said, I'll fill you. There ain't no questions about that, y'all. Amen. Amen. God's no respecter of persons. Right. He, don't do, he don't give this one over here more grace and more mercy and more of the Holy Ghost than he does this one over here. He don't, he don't honor their faith more than this one over here. Whatever this one's doing right, this one over here needs to be doing the same thing. Amen. If you do what's right in the eyes of God, God, he's going to bless you. He's going to fill you with his righteousness. But, you know, if somebody's ahead of you in the spirit, you know what that tells me? They're a little bit more hungry and they're a little bit more thirsty than you are. Amen? You know, there's different levels in the Spirit. 
Everybody ain't on the same level. Just say, for instance, if you had five levels in the spirit, there's some people are beginners, newborn babes in Christ. They start off at, I would say, level one. But if they want to stay at level one for the next five years, they can. How can they do that? By not reading their Bible, by not praying, not coming to church and hearing the word of God, not being a worshiper. All these things will just keep you right where you at. Amen. You can get to heaven, but you ain't growing. Amen? Amen. But if, as you hunger and thirst for more of God, hallelujah, when a person is hungry and thirsty, you don't have to beg them to read the Bible. Amen. You don't have to beg them to pray. You don't have to beg them to fast. You don't have to beg them to come to church. They ready to come to church. Amen. They some people that are so hungry and thirsty, if you shut the door, they mad at you. Thank God for them kind. That means they more hungry than the rest of them. Amen? Everybody ain't on the same level. There's some, some people, uh, whenever you preach a man, they'll, they'll take in every word. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whenever you finish and you don't preach an hour, they like, come on, give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some more. You know what? They hungry. Amen. And then there's some that you 20 minutes into the same sermon that's feeding them so good, somebody over here may be sitting over here, and in 20 minutes, they done. They already full. They done had enough. They ready to leave the church. Amen? Because they're, they, they, they different levels. The more hungry you are, the longer you stay at the table, and the more you eat. Amen? Amen? <coughs> Praise the Lord. So I wanted to start off with that one. That's that scripture tonight, Matthew 5, 6. They that hunger and thirst after his righteousness shall be now, since we're talking about praying and fasting, there's a lot of benefits to fasting, y'all. But a lot of times we let the negative side outweigh the positive side. Whenever someone mentions the word fast, our flesh automatically starts screaming a lot of times. We start saying, oh my. He's talking about fasting. That's something that I know is biblical and I know I should probably do, but I never want to do it and never get around to doing it. <coughs> Therefore, we struggle with it. Therefore, we don't receive the benefits of it. If we don't do it, we won't be blessed by it. But there is a great blessing in fasting to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, we talked about this briefly Sunday morning, about the, the father that had the son that was being tormented by demons. And he brought the son to the disciples to cast the demon out, to heal the boy, to set the boy free. Because the Bible said he was often thrown into the fire and into the water. He was being tormented. The Bible said he had epilepsy. The disciples couldn't do anything with this, this kid, this, this problem. But you have to, if you go all the way back to the book of Luke and the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, Luke chapter 9, the Bible said Jesus had already gave his disciples power to preach the gospel and to heal, heal the sick and to cast out demons. They already had been doing this. According to Luke chapter 10, 
The Bible said they came back to Jesus after he gave them that power and that anointing. They came back to Jesus rejoicing because they had been casting out demons. He said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. Amen. And they came back exceedingly joyful and happy. So they had already cast out some demons, okay? They had already had some experiments an experience with casting out demons. And they came back full of joy. Seeing what Jesus said you could do, you can do. They came back with joy. So, when this father brought the son, and they tried to do the same thing they did with other demons, but this demon didn't move. Didn't move at all. There's different levels of demons in the spiritual realm too. Ephesians 6 declares that. Chapter 6, verse 12 says, we fight not against flesh and blood. Y'all heard this, right? But against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. There's four different ranks there. And some, each one of those is kind of like being in the military. A private, uh, 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 a sergeant, a colonel, and you get all the way up to the top, you're a general. Well, in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of darkness, there are ranks and stronger spirits than others. So when the disciples came across this one with the little boy, and they tried to cast it out, they didn't get nowhere. And just remember, when the disciples were following Jesus, they didn't fast when Jesus was alive. And they were, and the religious people questioned Jesus about this. They said, well, why don't your disciples fast? And he said, because I'm the bridegroom. As long as the bridegroom is here, they won't fast. He said, but there's coming a day when the bridegroom's going to be gone, and then my disciples will fast. So he was saying, as long as I'm on the earth, as long as I'm still alive, they got no reason to fast. He said, but after I die, they're going to fast. And they did after his death. Paul fasted, Peter fasted, all them. So getting back to the story, they got nowhere with trying to cast the demon out of this little boy that was being tormented by a demon. And they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus didn't have no problem at all. Just like that. Come out, be free. And the young man, the little boy, was healed. He was set free. He was delivered from that demon. And then, after that, the disciples came to Jesus privately. And they said, Tell us the secret. Tell us why we struggled and you didn't struggle. Why we couldn't cast out this demon, but you did. And remember, Jesus, we have already cast out some demons, but we couldn't do nothing with this case. Why? And Jesus said in verse 21, he said, uh, however, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. That's what we're talking about tonight. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. There's going to be some situations in your life that you're going to encounter. Some uh, uh, trials, some situations, some, some things with your body that just prayer alone don't get it all the way done. You're going to have to add something to your prayer life. What do you add to it? The fasting. Whenever you hit a roadblock, whenever you hit an obstacle in the spiritual realm and it don't seem to be moving, 
the first thing you should go into is I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. When you go into this fast, you'll begin to see things begin to move that hadn't been moving. And that's what the disciples learned out of this situation, that not only do I need to know how to pray, I also have to add something to my spiritual, my, my, my prayer life. I need to add fasting. I need to deny myself. I need to push away my plate. And I need to seek God in that, in that time. And, and that my desire needs to be more for him than anything else. More than pleasure. More than anything I want. I could have this food, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to push it away on my own free will. I'm pushing it away because I want you more, Lord. I want you. And fasting does not move God any faster. It gets you and I in a place where we can hear him, hallelujah, and operate according to the will of God. Yes. Amen? Amen? But there is demons that we face that I've, I've, I've encountered this personally myself. I've cast out demons before. And some go at the command in the name of Jesus. And I've prayed for some in the name of Jesus, and them things just sat there and looked at me. Didn't go nowhere. They didn't go nowhere. He said, well, is that biblical? I just told you. Matthew chapter 17, the disciples didn't do anything with this one. Jesus did. But you know what Jesus did that they didn't do? He prayed and he fasted. He prayed and he fasted on a regular basis. He was consistent. He was always ready. He was always prayed up. He was always fasted up. And no matter what the enemy threw his way, Jesus was ready for that situation. Amen. Amen. He didn't have to go back and say, devil, if you just wait here for three or four days, I'll come back. I'm going to go away and I'm going to pray and fast and I'm going to come back. <clears throat> you come back and the devil knows you went away to pray and fast. When you get back, he's going he to cast you out. Listen, he ain't going to be there. You missed your opportunity. Amen. Amen. Praying and fasting. You could call these the twin twin powers. When you put them together, you have increased a lot of spiritual power. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about King Belly tonight. A little bit. Who is King Belly? <laughs> if you don't know who King Belly is, all you have to do is move your Bible out of the way, look down, find your belly button, and introduce yourself to King Belly. There he is. <coughs> A lot of times we have not grown spiritually as fast as we could because we've allowed King Belly to be a dictator in our life. A dictator. King Belly says, no matter what you're doing, we got to do it around eating. We eat when we're glad. In America, we love to eat. We eat when we're glad. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're mad. We eat when we're bored. We eat when we're excited. We eat when we go to a football game. If we go to church, we want to gather around some kind of, well, if you're going to preach, we're going to have to eat afterwards. we got to have something to eat now. we got to have some goodies. And as long as you keep feeding King Belly, 
you can build a church off of the flesh. But that ain't what Jesus is looking for, a fleshly church. He said in John 6, 63, he said the flesh profits nothing. You don't, listen, if you run up on a devil and you in the flesh, you can't do nothing with it. It's got to be done by the Spirit and through the power of the Spirit. Remember, Zechariah said, it's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. It's not in our own strength. We fight not against flesh and blood. Every time we defeat the enemy, we're going to have to do it in the spiritual realm. Our in, our, the devil is our spiritual enemy. You can't see him. You can't grab a hold of him with your hand like flesh and blood. If you're mad at him, you're going to have to take it out on him with the sword of the Spirit, with the Word of God, with the Holy Ghost power, with the blood of the Lamb. You can destroy the enemy with those type of weapons, but all those weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. You have to fight with spiritual weapons. And we have them. Jesus has given them to us. But one of those weapons is fasting. And it's hard to cheer people into fasting. <coughs> now, King Belly is someone, if, you're, if you are Christian, you don't want King Belly to dictate uh, your lifestyle. Everything if you, we get to the point where everything that we do is gathered and, and have to be around food, King Bell is going to rule and reign. Whenever you fast, you're telling King Belly he can't have what he wants. If you don't think King Belly can't talk, all you got to do is tell him you're fixing to go on a three-day fast. And King Belly, you will hear him speak and say oh no we ain't fixing to do that because I like to have breakfast in the morning at so and so time I like to eat again at lunch and you know I gotta have my candy bar in between and my coca cola the flesh will talk to you it'll tell you you cannot fast when you hear that voice your number one, your first reaction should be, by the power of the Holy Spirit, King Billy, take a seat. You're fixing to do without. I'm fixing to fast. I'm fixing to seek God. I'm fixing to know His will. I'm fixing to get His direction. And you are fixing to take a seat. You can rumble. You can grumble. You can make noises all you want, but you ain't getting your way. Hello? Satan knows every one of our weaknesses. That's right. When I'm weak, you may be strong. But the devil has followed us around long enough to know our weakness. Amen. And he's going to come at you wherever you're weak. He's like a wolf. When a wolf is after a flock of sheep, they'll sit in the bush 
and lay low. And they'll look for that sheep, that lamb that's got a limb. They can't run very fast. And when it goes into attack mode, it's going for the one that can't run when it's got a weak spot. That's the one they zero in on. The devil knows our weaknesses. And if we are weak in the area of food, and we have allowed King Belly to dictate our life and rule and reign us, therefore, if we don't put him in his place, if we are weak in this area, it will lead to weaknesses in other areas. If, you're, if you can't deal with the food area, you ain't going to be able to deal with other areas very well either. Hello. Food is a big temptation. The Bible says that when God created the earth, when he created everything, everything was good. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, everything was good. <clears throat> and he told them, you can have everything in the garden. Everything. You can have all the fruit of it, all of it's good. He said, but one thing, one thing, Adam, Eve, there's one tree in the midst of this garden that you cannot eat of. And the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Did he say that? Amen. Did God, did that, did, is that, do you need any private interpretation to understand what he just said? Now that's an easy one to understand, right? It ain't complicated. You don't need a prophet. You don't need Elijah to say, man, I want to understand that. That types and symbols in there. No, he said, if you eat of this tree, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the day that you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Now, here comes the temptation. And it is food. It is food. Satan come crawling into the garden and he began to carry on a conversation with Eve. And he makes that tree that God said, you can have 99% of everything in this garden except this one tree. The day that you eat it, you're going to surely die. Well, that's what Satan said. That's my target. I got to get them to do, go against what God said. I got to get them some kind of way to eat of that tree. Satan comes in, he begins to allure them by their desires. Their desires. He, the Bible says she looked at that fruit and it looked pleasant to the eyes. It looked pleasant. It looked desirous. It looked good. And she said, well, how bad can it be? Look at this picture. And by the time the devil got done with her, she was probably drooling after this fruit. 99% you can have. Don't eat of this one. And guess what? We know the rest of the story. But the temptation was food. And they failed. And because of it, they were cast out of the garden. Cast out. Now they got to work by the sweat of their brow to get everything that God had freely given them. Now they got to go out there and plow the dirt. Now they got to go out there and plant seed. Now they got to go out there and, 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 and gather their own, uh, do their own work. Because they did not stand in the hour of temptation. And, when it, and it all had to deal with food. 
Another example that we need to glean from is Esau in the Bible. That was Jacob's brother. And Esau was a hunter. And one day he went out to hunt. And he came in and he didn't have any game. So when he came in, he smelt the lentils and the beans that Jacob had been brewing up. And man, he was so hungry. And he wanted those, those lentils and beans. He wanted that food so bad. And Jacob said, I'll give that to you, but you got to give me your birthright. Your birthright. Y'all know what a birthright is? To the firstborn? He gets, he gets like 75% of everything that the father has. He's the firstborn. He gets the rights. And Esau, because he was full of self-gratification, he's like, I got to have mine, and I got to have it now. He sold his birthright for a bowl of lentils, bowl of beans, his birthright. He went to town eating. And afterwards, when he realized what he had done, and he wanted the blessing later, he couldn't get it. He had sold his birthright because of self-gratification. In a time uh, of, you know, and that kind of way we are sometimes. We want something, we want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't wait till, I don't want to wait till later. I want it now. And the devil sees our weaknesses with the flesh. And not only does it fall, does he get us here, but he gets us in other areas where we're weak because we wasn't strong here. If you want to be a strong spiritual child of God, start praying and fasting and you'll see that you'll have a spiritual insight, you'll have spiritual revelation, you'll be strong in the spirit, and you'll be able to tell the flesh when it wants to go off course, the Holy Spirit will say, eh, 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 you can't have that. And guess what? You'll agree with the Holy Spirit and not your flesh. Amen. As long as your flesh is leading you, you won't ever be a strong Christian. You'll be a Christian, but a weak one. And when the devil wants to pull your, pull your strings like a puppet, you'll be. The way to get the victory over that is through prayer and fasting. Fasting. Fasting.